This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We made it. We made it to the end of the week. Unfortunately, it's a rainy day here in the Crescent City. I hope everyone is staying safe uh, during all the rain here in the Gulf South. I'm Daniel Salerson filling in for Sean Kelly, who is en route back to the Greenbrier after the Saints took on the New England Patriots last night. More on that in a minute, but hope this Friday finds you well. Uh, kind of settled in here with all the rain. Stay inside and enjoy the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans as we do break down last night's preseason game between the Saints and the Patriots, a 34-22 loss. And, of course, we'll also break down the Pelicans' schedule as it was released yesterday around the league. So the Pelicans and the Saints, plenty of stuff to talk about on this show. We'll start with the Saints' 34-22 loss to the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium last night. There were some good, there were some bad a lot of turnovers last night for the Saints. A couple of those in the first four plays. One was a Garrett Grayson interception for a pick six. The other was a Mark Ingram fumble. Garrett Grayson played most of the first half, 10 of 16 for 133 yards, one interception. Breeze played the first series, completing his only pass to Brandon Cooks, a 37-yard strike. And Luke McCown played the entire second half, 143 yards, 18 to 27 passing with one touchdown and one interception. Ingram, I mentioned the fumble, but he did add two touchdowns, seven rushes for 18 yards. Also, Michael Thomas, the rookie. Team high, four receptions for a team high, 67 yards. He also had a great catch for 25 yards along the sidelines in the first quarter. And on the defensive side, Kasim Adabali, two sacks on Patriots quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. And, of course, plenty of interviews from head coach Sean Payne and Saints players on NewOrleansSaints.com and the mobile app so make sure you go there and check them out we'll have a recap of last night's game with two of the guys that called the game on the television side with alongside Joel Myers it was Sean Kelly and John Stinchcomb defense looked much improved I think you should be excited about Michael Thomas and his potential and what he brings to this offense and you had a lot of the new faces step up and make some plays. And I mentioned the NBA schedule came out yesterday, 445 Central. Pelicans will open up the season on October 26th, a Wednesday at home against the Denver Nuggets. Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com will join me to talk about the Pelican schedule. It's good that you're getting the exposure of the first home or the second home game for the Pelicans is against Golden State and it's on ESPN and it's Durant's first road game actually coincidentally for the Warriors. So it's great to get that exposure and then the next night they play at San Antonio and that game's on NBA TV. So I mean you're getting a lot of good exposure in two of the first three games of the season. Yeah so the Pelicans schedule looks a little tough the first three games. Denver the home opener then Golden State at home. Uh, it's Durant and the Warriors' first road game. It's on national television here at the Smoothie King Center on ESPN that Friday night, the 28th, Halloween weekend. And then the Pelicans will go on the road on a back-to-back against the Spurs on the 29th. It's the Spurs' home opener, first game without Tim Duncan in almost 20 years. That one's also on national television, NBA TV. But, of course, we'll have Jim to break it down, and he has some work on Pelicans.com and the mobile app that you can look at as well. All right, let's get started. Coming up next, we'll have uh, Sean Kelly talk with John Stinchcomb. They'll kind of recap the Saints' loss to the Patriots last night in Foxborough. Stay with us.
We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Former Saints offensive lineman, Super Bowl champion, now television analyst John Stinchcomb. Fresh off of analyzing, uh, well, probably close to three hours of football in preseason game number one. We continue here on the Black and Blue Report from the broadcast booth at Gillette Stadium. My friend, what did you take away from the first preseason game of the Saints slate? Well, I think you leave with a, on a positive note. I think the defense looked much improved. I think you should be excited about Michael Thomas and his potential and what he brings to this offense. And you had a lot of the new faces step up and make some plays. Laronidas made some plays. Etabali, he may not be a new face, but he's playing inspired football right now. So across the board, a lot to be excited about. Obviously, penalties are an issue. Obviously, you can't have the turnovers that you had tonight. But that stuff you should be able to clean up. Uh, and, and there's a lot to, to feel good about and build on leaving week one. No doubt. How about the first play from scrimmage? Breeze to Cooks. If that doesn't give you a little tease of what's to come, I don't know what will. Well, it was exciting. You, you go start off with that great play. Drew puts the ball only where Cooks can make a play on it, and he makes the play. Next play, it's Mark Ingram out of the right side. Nice run. And then you followed up with a turnover, and you, you killed a series. But to begin the game, it, was, it looked efficient. It looked like what you, how you wanted to start against a, an AFC opponent that knows how to win. So ones versus ones, uh, for those first couple plays, it looked sharp. When you watch the defense, and especially going back to the first half where you saw the first-string guys and even the second-string guys come in, what differences do you see now with this defense that maybe you didn't see last summer at this time? Well, I, I think uh, just from the start, you got an alignment and assignment from your first group where uh, they line up quick, they look like they knew what they were doing and were executing. So just from a, a base alignment and positioning standpoint, uh, it looked like they'd made a lot of progress and they were playing with uh, some passion, which, you know, frankly, that's what they were doing early on in the preseason last year. I just hope that that carries on. Okay, some of the fun in preseason is watching a guy trying to fight for his football life. Um, you know, Willie Sneed last year, you, you knew it with Pierre Thomas and everything else. Did anybody kind of show you a little something tonight that says that's an ongoing story in the next couple of games? I think there's a lot of guys that you can see trying to put it out there. Um, you know, Crawley, he, he nails the guy who's waving for a fair catch. He's trying to make plays. Okay. 
you can't make those boneheaded decisions in real time and be costly to your team. But he's a guy that's trying to make plays. Tommy Lee Harris, another guy. Lewis. Tommy Lee Lewis. Yes. Another guy. I was thinking R.J. Harris on the on the touchdown opportunity. Missed opportunity. Yep. But Tommy Lee Lewis, what a great name. He, he stepped up and made some plays along with Lasco towards the end. Uh, special teams catching out of the backfield and then uh, actually toting the rock as an RB. So a couple of guys uh, that, that took their opportunity and tried to maximize it. So the Saints go back to the Greenbrier in West Virginia for really kind of, guess, the next phase of training camp. What is What does tonight mean with regard to how the next week lays out for Sean Payton and his staff? Well, for the guys that were able to get a lot of snaps tonight, Garrett Grayson comes to mind. You've got to take your performance from week one and improve all your mistakes, not repeat them, and have an even better game week two. Show that you're an arrow-up type of guy. And for the guys that perform well, can you be consistent? Can we count on you to make those same plays week in and week out? Uh, and there were some guys tonight that had opportunities that they might not have in the future. So as week two rolls around and the ones, if you will, start to get more reps, uh, those opportunities to make plays are going to be smaller and smaller, those windows. So uh, when you get out there for a, only a couple series, you want to make sure that you maximize those as well. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. See you next week in H-Town. Looking forward to it. Thank you, brother. That'll do it for us from Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Black and Blue Report continues for a Friday right after this. When it's blazing this summer, don't sweat it. Hydrate naturally with Smoothie King's new summer hydration smoothies. Four refreshing flavors specifically blended to help you beat the heat and stay in the game. Made with coconut water, fresh frozen fruits, and vitamin C, they hydrate better than water and have less sodium and more potassium than leading sports drinks. Try all four hydration smoothie flavors. Watermelon, passion fruit peach, strawberry mango, and watermelon extreme. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. The Pelican schedule has just been released, and 12-game plans are now on sale. 12-game packages, including the contender and weekend plans, are your tickets to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, and more. Take in a couple of Pelicans games a month throughout the season for as low as $17 per game. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
All right, as I mentioned, the NBA schedule came out yesterday at 4.45 Central Time. And right when that happened, Jim Meikenhofer and myself scurried, celebrated, uh, started writing down in our calendars our lives for the next seven to eight months, hopefully a little longer if we get into uh, May. But joining me now is Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com to break down the Pelicans schedule and the NBA schedule. And Jim, you know, we're sitting all week uh, waiting for the schedule release, trying to figure out when it's going to happen. And yesterday it did happen, and it's it's finally here. I feel like we're getting closer and closer to the basketball. It's nice to see. Definitely. I feel like this is one of the first steps to when you can really kind of start pinpointing next season. And I feel like Labor Day is, for me, is really when it's time to get real serious because by then usually a lot of the players have come back to work out in the practice facility and you know media day is only a, a couple weeks away at that point so but yeah this is uh this is really kind of the in some ways the beginning of the 2016-17 season when you see the schedule for the first time and Jim has plenty of work on pelicans.com you can check out we'll kind of talk about some of that here um, but let's talk about first opening night Wednesday October 26th against the Denver Nuggets at home so it's nice for the Pelicans to open up at home and then oh yeah right after that the Golden State Warriors can you say the new look Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant in there? I'm not sure, but it's a Friday <laughs> night primetime on ESPN. And then at San Antonio and then back-to-back. So, Jim, the Pelicans did not get off to a good start last year, 1-11. and um, I think you mentioned uh, in some of your work that a strong start is going to be crucial. But when you have Golden State and San Antonio 2-3, and three, uh, the schedule makers not in favor of the Pelicans here the first three games. Right. It, it kind of reminds me of last season. I think a lot of fans mentioned this yesterday when they first saw the schedule, that um, it's good that you're getting the exposure of the first home or the second home game for the Pelicans is against Golden State, and it's on ESPN, and it's Durant's first road game, actually, coincidentally, for the Warriors. So it's great to get that exposure. And then the next night they play at San Antonio, and that game's on NBA TV. So, I mean, you're getting a lot of good exposure in two of the first three games of the season. But the downside is you're playing a team that won 73 games last year and another team that won 67 games, and that's a back-to-back. So um, with the first game being a a game that starts at 8.30 Central Time, so, I mean, it's going to be a late arrival into San Antonio. I'm not sure if you could possibly put together a more difficult back-to-back than that. So it's good and bad. It's good because, you you know, you always like the exposure. But um, like you said, they started off 1-11 last season, and that was one of the things that I was hoping for was, I mean, you're going to have to play all these teams eventually, but to me – Confidence is important at the beginning of the season. You want to build that. You want to get off to a good start, and you want to to, to you know prove to yourself even that you're a, a good team and that you you're going to be a force to re- be reckoned with and and in, in the playoff contention um, down the road. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. And they play Golden State again the seventh game of the season. So yeah, not a lot of uh, favors from the schedule makers at the beginning of the season. And let's also throw in there that the Spurs, it'll be their home opener on that Saturday. And it'll be the first game, first home opener for them uh, without Tim Duncan since 1990. Well, 97 was wow. his first year, so probably 96 mm-hmm. was the last time they had a home opener without Timmy Duncan. So you're going to probably expect a lot of momentum and a sure. lot of, you know, whenever it's someone else's home opener, it's never easy. The Pelicans did it last year at Golden State when they got their rings. It's mm-hmm. never easy playing someone on their home opener. Right, and I think they went – what about 39 and two, something like that last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had an unbelievable record at home and it took them forever to finally even lose a game at home. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, not, not necessarily a fun way to, to, uh, to start the season, but, 
um, you know, you hope you can get get one of those games and and um, you know go from there in the, in the remainder of the early part of the schedule. You mentioned exposure for the Pelicans, how they'll be on national television too. The first three games, ESPN and NBA TV against the Golden State Warriors and the Spurs. Uh, last year they had 13, I believe, ESPN and TNT games, and then a bunch of NBA TV games. So probably a quarter of their schedule is on national television. This year, not as many, but I will say five ESPN and TNT games, not too shabby for a team that finished 30 and 52 last season. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that people don't necessarily think about that we might a little bit more because we're so deep into it is that. Um, New Orleans is the smallest TV market in the NBA, so as much as we complain sometimes, or I shouldn't put everyone else in this boat, as much as I complain (laughs) sometimes when the schedule comes out, um, you have to factor that in because obviously the decisions are made based on ratings and based on TV markets, and if all things are equal, if there's a game some night that the Knicks are playing or the Bulls, two huge cities, and the Pelicans are playing at the same time, if all things are equal, they're probably going to go with that with the bigger market. So with that said, yeah, I, I, the combination of being the smallest TV market in the league and coming off a 30-52 and 52 win season, I was a little concerned that they might end up with, like, say, one or two or three national TV games. So to have five is, is, is pretty good. It's not bad. And, and, um, and as we touched on, I mean, I think that Golden State game is just a great um, way to, to, you know, draw attention to the team. And if they can get a win in that game, that would be a huge lift to start the season. But, uh, I mean, that's going to be a game that a lot of people are going to be watching because it's only Golden State's second game of the Kevin Durant era. So, I mean, that, that's a, that's a really good one. And there's a couple other ones, including, um, Minnesota on November 23rd. I touched on this a little bit in, in some of the things I've written, but I feel like Pelicans Timberwolves is going to be some, is going to be such a great matchup and, it could be something for the next few years that people really want to watch just because of all of the really good young players that are involved on both teams. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns versus Anthony Davis, a matchup you definitely want to watch. Uh, the other nationally televised games, Jim mentioned a couple of them. Uh, the Pelicans will take on the Spurs at home March 3rd on ESPN. And in a rare Monday night national television appearance, uh, TNT, I guess, is trying some new thing with a Monday TNT game. Pelicans will play at the Utah Jazz uh, at 9.30, or I believe it's 8.30 Central on uh, TNT there. And then final game of the season, 9.30 at Portland on ESPN. So those are the other ones. Nine NBA TV games, and of course those kind of mix and match depending on the schedule. Also, Fan Night is on Tuesday, so there could be a possibility of more nationally televised games for the Pelicans. Another thing I want to touch on is the, t- the league is trying to do a better job of avoiding too many back-to-backs. Um, too many four games and five nights. All those have decreased in the last few years. This year, the Pelicans have 17 back-to-backs. That stays the same from last year. But I say the positive is no four games and five nights for the Pelicans. They had one last year at the end of the season. This year, they don't have any. Some teams still have some. So, Jim, in that perspective, I think the Pelicans have a little bit of an advantage there. Sure. I mean, I, I think the league has done a really good job. I know they set forth with this objective you know, going back maybe a couple of years um, when Adam Silver took over that they were going to try to find a lot of ways to improve the schedule. And I think they have done a good job with that. I think, though, that this is really um, just one of the first steps towards doing that. I think as time goes on, you're going to see more and more ways that they can find to reduce travel and reduce back-to-backs. Um, one thing that specific thing that we've seen in the last couple of years that it might not sound like a lot to the average fan or the average person, but... Um, 
trips where you go to Los Angeles and you play the Clippers and the Lakers in the same trip. There's a trip this season where they go to New York City and play the Nets and the Knicks in the same trip. So it, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but like I think the amount of, of travel that you're reducing is huge. And when you go on these long road trips, like that's the one to New York City is part of a five-game road trip, but you only have – you basically have to stay in the same city for four or five straight days. It, it reduces the fatigue a ton. So, I mean, like I said, just – those are all. These are all good steps to um, to to make it um, easier physically and and sleep wise on the players. So I, I really like some of the stuff that they've been doing. Yeah, you mentioned the Pelicans will play at New York on Monday, January 9th, actually National Championship night in college football, and then they have a couple days off in New York and don't play Brooklyn until that Thursday, January 12th. So like you mentioned, that is that bodes well. And last year, I think finally the Pelicans were able to play the Clippers and Lakers on back to back nights at Staples, something that usually. In the last few years, you'd play in Staples, go up to Sacramento mm-hmm. or something, and then come back down to California. So I think they are starting to try to figure it out. And it also depends on concerts and other events like that. And Staples Centers, Staples Centers has four different teams in there, so that sure. also plays a factor in it. You know, as well. the the funny thing is too is as someone who's traveled to every game, and granted, I'm just sitting at a keyboard. It's not like I'm playing or doing anything right. major physical. But it was funny to experience the back to back where both games were in Staples Center, you're staying at a hotel that's right by the arena, to, to think about the difference in how how not tired you are for that second game compared to if you had to travel and you had to go to a different city. It was funny just experiencing it once. I was like, I, I completely realized that the fatigue of the back-to-backs isn't playing two games in a row necessarily. It's the travel. Mm-hmm. And the same applies to when – this doesn't happen very often, but there's also home-home back-to-backs. The Pelicans have one of those in um, November, yeah, November 18th and 19th. Playing two games in a row is not the the problem. It's the fact that you always almost always have to travel in between. So um, as much as they can, I'm t- completely in favor of home-home back-to-backs because I think that's another way that you can reduce um, a lot of the fatigue and just have a better product because the players aren't as tired as they would be if they have to travel to a different city between the two games on consecutive days. The Pelicans haven't released their preseason schedule. Hopefully they'll do so not sure the timeline, but it's got to be soon. Pretty soon, yeah. But I'm noticing a lot of other teams are uh, releasing their schedule, and there's not that many, not a lot of teams playing eight games, not a lot of teams playing seven games, mm-hmm. some only playing six. Some I think I saw one team, I think it's the Bulls that are playing eight, mm-hmm. or Charlotte, one of the two. But, Jim, I feel like that plays a role in how many back-to-backs the team plays because they're able to stretch it out a little more the season where it's starting a little earlier. The 26th, I think, is pretty early as far as starting – uh, the NBA regular season, but you have game that the preseason starting early or less games kind of helps, but mm-hmm. also the all-star break now a week kind of helps that a little bit as well, giving teams a break. So sure. do you think the preseason kind of helps that now that they're starting to limit these games a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. There's very few things in sports that everyone can agree on, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that there's not one person who, if the NBA said everyone's going to play four preseason games, there's not one person, for example, no one's going to be like, no, we got to play more preseason yeah. games. So, I mean, I think that's something that universally is is accepted and appreciated, the fact that they're ca- trying to shorten the preseason. When teams play overseas, like the Pelicans are playing this, this um, coming up October going to China, it's been standard for quite some time that the teams that play overseas have only played six preseason games. But now you're starting to see many, many teams that, that don't have an overseas trip like that that – um, you know, requires a ton of travel that they're also only playing six games. Um, I think 
I'm speculating a little bit here, but I think that long term the goal could or should be for everybody to play only four preseason games. I think part of why you couldn't do that when Adam Silver mentioned that idea a couple of years ago was because there were already contracts in place in a lot of neutral sites. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the Pelicans have played in Jacksonville a few times the last few years and so on and so forth. So I think they couldn't immediately go to to completely minimizing the schedule preseason because of all of the deals that were in place. But I think as some of those deals expire, I think you might be able to get it to where there's four games only in preseason. And I think that will – I mean, I'm not sure exactly the math, but I, I think you're talking at least a, a reduction of maybe a handful – of back-to-backs for everybody. So if the Pelicans are playing 17 now, when you get to a point where you have a, a much briefer preseason, you might be able to cut that down to, say, like 10 or 12, which would be a big improvement. Yeah, that would be very nice. And the lockout year, I remember when I first started here, we had two preseason games. We did a home and home with the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. I say we go to that. <laughs> I like two games. I know I'm sure yeah. some of the players want a little bit more than that maybe to tune up. Some of them might not like preseason at all but there's also guys that are trying to make teams yeah. and things like that they probably want as many games but as far as us <laughs> as sure. far as we're concerned i think two games is plenty in my opinion yeah i think the only people that you mentioned it the only people that would be totally against it are the guys that are trying to make a team because you probably unless i mean talk about pressure if you only had a two-game preseason mm-hmm. and you're trying to make a team so yeah i think other than them though i think everybody would be Nobody would also, no one would complain about two games either. But I think four is a is a pretty good um, kind of compromise in the middle there. All right, before I let you go, let's talk about some of the national games. More importantly, uh, Christmas Day. The Pelicans were there last year against the Heat. They are not on Christmas Day this year. Five games as usual: Celtics at Knicks, Warriors at Cavs, NBA Finals rematch, Bulls at Spurs, Minnesota at Oklahoma City, and Clippers and Lakers. Um, round out Christmas Day. Um, I don't know about you, Jim. I'm kind of thinking this is a kind of a blah kind of Christmas Day lineup, just in my opinion. Not really any storylines. I thought maybe you would have Bulls at Heat or something as far as Dwayne Wade's return. Mm. Maybe more of the returns for like an Al Horford to Atlanta. I'm not sure Atlanta is more of a Christmas Day thing. But besides Warriors Cavs, nothing really sticks out. But Minnesota, I feel like, kind of emerged as the New Orleans of last year where the Pelicans had a lot of nationally televised games and played on Christmas Day, something they really haven't done. Yeah. And now Minnesota getting a lot more nationally televised games with their young core and Tom Thibodeau as head coach, and now they're getting the chance to play on Christmas Day. I don't mean to speak for all basketball fans here, but I'll try to speak for some of them. I think it's great that Minnesota is getting so much more exposure oh, yeah, because absolutely. I think even though they won something 20-something games last year, high 20s, you could see the makings of, of what they have there as far as Towns and Wiggins and some of the other young guys that they have. I mean, I think as as time goes on, and now they have Chris Dunn that they got in the draft, um, they're going to be a team that people are going to want to watch. And so I was happy to see them get you know more exposure. I thought I saw someone, someone said yesterday that it is the first Christmas game that they've ever had, the Timberwolves have ever had, which is, which is great. And I think that is true because I don't remember ever seeing them on no. Christmas before. Um, so, yeah, the – but I agree with your with your point that it it did seem like the reaction to the Christmas Day games from fans that I saw yesterday was kind of um, not really super impressed. Um, some of these matchups are are kind of hard to to say what they're going to actually be on De- by December twenty fifth because we, for example we don't know how good the Knicks are going to be. They mm-hmm. seem like a team that people have a lot of varied opinions on. Um, the Bulls are probably the same way. Where I mean, some people think they're going to 
definitely miss the playoffs. Some people think they're going to be, you know, in the 40s, maybe even near 50 wins. Um, that might be a little optimistic, but um, so yeah, I think. But but you're right though that there aren't a, there aren't other than Golden State, Cleveland. I don't think any of this list is is one that you know has people really you know super excited or really anticipating you know th- whatever those two teams playing each other are. Doesn't mean I won't watch all day on Christmas because <laughs> I probably will. But I'm just saying, right? Maybe a little more storylines next yeah. year, but I still will. Definitely enjoy some Christmas Day games. I will, too. I mean, I watch it every year. The one thing that's interesting this year is that Christmas is on a Sunday. So there's actually a couple. There's two NFL games that mm-hmm. day, too. So, I mean, it's going to be a, a great mix. You're going to have a ton of choices. You're going to have a ton of uh, different things that you can watch that day, you know, depending on, like I said, like how good some of these matchups, NBA matchups turn out to be. And, of course, um, you know, some of the NFL games that are going on that day. So if you're in New Orleans the those few days for Christmas, you'll be in good shape. We have a home game on December 23rd against the Miami Heat, then no game on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but the Saints have a home game on the 24th, so that's mm. Saturday, a full slate of NFL games. Then Friday, you, or that Sunday, Christmas Day, you'll have a full slate of basketball games and NFL games, and then the Pelicans play against the Dallas Mavericks at home on the 26th. So if you're in town, 23rd through 26th, you'll have – Three of the four days you'll have football and basketball, and then that day off, Christmas, you can still enjoy some basketball and football on TV. So not too shabby those four days. Sounds great. I'm I mean, planning it all for everyone. All sports. That's that's all we need to do. We don't need to worry about anything else. Just, just well, I mean, you might want to spend some time with your family. My wife too. will disagree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, no, that that sounds great. I mean, there's yeah, there's a ton of stuff going on, and and uh, I know I I saw someone mention this yesterday on Twitter too that the. Uh, Opening weekend of the NBA season is is incredible here too because Voodoo Fest is that weekend and there's a bunch of different stuff going on. I forget the the, the entire list. There might be some LSU football there and, and some other stuff, but Saint um, Seahawks on the thirtieth. Yeah, so yeah. there's plenty of stuff. Sure, absolutely. Jim, I can offer from Pelicans.com. Jim, you have plenty of stuff online and on the mobile app. Make sure you check it out. As far as I believe it's twenty home games to watch for. It's twenty games to watch. Twenty games and to then watch. starting on Monday of next week it's going to be a countdown of te- the top 10 home games. I'm going to be looking for feedback from fans, so don't be shy, send me in your thoughts on, you know, which opponents you're most looking forward to after you've gotten to take a look at the schedule. Also, which um visiting teams might be under the radar or sleeper teams that people might think about might not think about that you actually are also excited to see. Minnesota is one example that I think of. Um so yeah, that that's going to be the next couple of weeks. We'll be counting down the top ten home games from ten to one over. Uh, that'll take us through the end of August, pretty much. You know, I just noticed home opener against Denver, home finale, Denver. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean the the, the Pelicans um, probably they might be. I haven't looked at this obviously, but they might be the the uh, earliest team to wrap up their home schedule. I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but um, they. Ending the season with four straight road games isn't really necessarily the way you want to, to play it, but but um, yeah, April fourth is a pretty early right. end to your home schedule yeah. against Denver. If the Pelicans are fighting for a playoff spot, that's going to be a very crucial four games. They're all four West Coast games as well, which is not going to make for a very happy Daniel when he's in the radio <laughs> studio till midnight during all these things. So. At least midnight. <laughs> At least midnight. I'm not yeah. going to think about that right now since we haven't sure. started the season. Jim, I can offer from Pelicans.com. Jim, glad the schedule is out. Now we can talk some basketball, and be sure to check out his work on the mobile app and pelicans.com. Thanks for coming in today, my friend. Thanks for having me as always. Stay dry out there, a little rainy. I'll try to do that. Okay. All right, when we come back, I'll wrap things up. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. When it's blazing this summer, don't sweat it. Hydrate naturally with Smoothie King's new Summer Hydration Smoothies. Four refreshing flavors specifically blended to help you beat the heat and stay in the game. Made with coconut water, fresh frozen fruits, and vitamin C, they hydrate better than water and have less sodium and more potassium than leading sports drinks. Try all four hydration smoothie flavors. Watermelon, passion fruit peach, strawberry mango, and watermelon extreme. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. All right, time to wrap things up here from Studio B. Big thanks to Sean Kelly, John Stinchcomb, and Jim Eikenhofer for coming on today's show. We talk a little Saints, recapped. Patriots Saints from Foxborough and also of course talked about the NBA schedule that was released yesterday Pelicans open up the season at home Wednesday October 26th against the Denver Nuggets it'll be here before you know it and next week we'll effort to get some Pelicans players and coaches to talk about the upcoming season and the schedule and of course we'll have more updates and interviews from training camp in West Virginia as the Saints get ready for preseason game number two next Saturday against the Houston Texans and some of our coverage will be from Houston as the Saints head there a few days early to practice with the Texans before their game on 20th at NRG Stadium. Hope everyone stays dry, stays safe this weekend as the weather continues to come in, and hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy it, enjoy the Olympics, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. And until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.